When it comes to NFTs and Web3, the word community is thrown around a lot. But when I observe the landscape, we're still in the nascent stages of subculture, where NFT projects and collectors are broken up into tribes, isolated from each other in their individual discords. Tribalism is antithetical to community. We also saw this in the early days of streetwear, but collaborations between competing brands and designers bridged these networks and over time established a fortified marketplace. Collaborations built trust amongst brands and they instilled trust within the consumer. With the hundreds and Adam Bomb Squad, collaborations between projects are one of our leading initiatives because we believe that a rising tide lifts all boats and we are genuinely fans of this burgeoning world around us. Today, we speak with Betty from Deadfellas, Wahid from All Smiles, and Steven from Brain Vomit, three NFT projects that we believe in as friends, as creators, and as the future. This episode coincided with the release of physical clothing collaborations with all three guests. Listen in. All right, everyone. GM. I'm Bobby Hundreds. I am the host of Bomb Talk. This is uh, my weekly live Twitter Spaces talk show uh, dedicated to all things NFTs, Web3, Metaverse, all distinct things, all somewhat under the Web3 umbrella, having a correspondence and a dialogue with each other. And um, very quickly, I started this show months ago because uh, it wasn't that long ago that most of us in this room were um, relatively new to this. In fact, it was about this time last year that I was fully doing a deep dive. And uh, the pace of this technology and the discussion are so, so fast and uh, everything's happening so quickly that the only way to keep up and the only way to keep building is to hold the conversation in real time. And so we can, you know, make videos, we can go on social media, we can go on our Instagram and make posts about it, but nothing it seems to be as helpful and beneficial as just talking about it amongst friends. And you don't need experts. You don't need close relationships with, you know, top tier NFT collectors or the most sophisticated, smartest pundits in the space. You just need friends because since technology, since history is being made every single day, you can come upon a revolutionary thought that has never quite crossed anyone's minds by just talking to one of your buddies or a family member or someone who's curious looking in. In fact, it seems that the outsiders, the ones who have the least knowledge sometimes are the ones who might be looking at this with the most freshest ideas and the most keen perspective because they aren't loaded with all of the information that people have already gleaned and already come across. So um, hold the conversations, you know, this, that's really what this room is about. I've never really purported myself to be an expert in any way. I just love conducting the conversations, holding the rooms, enabling people to talk amongst themselves. Uh, and so that kind of leads me to what today's discussion is about today's topic for bomb talk, which is the art 
of the collaboration. And I come from the streetwear space. Uh, for those who are unfamiliar, uh, co-founded a streetwear brand called The Hundreds here in Los Angeles decades ago. And uh, the streetwear genre, the industry, the culture, the marketplace, whatever you want to call it, was wildly popular because of collaborations and due to collaborations. And I think on a surface level, people look at them as marketing gimmicks. They're a great way to grab a headline when two of your favorite brands, artists, personalities come together to create something new. Um, romantically, collaborations are magic because to me, you know, creativity is all born of collaboration. It all comes from people working together to make something out of nothing, right? Two minds converging and coming up with an idea that wasn't there before that they couldn't necessarily do on their own. And it required both of them kind of meeting in the middle, compromising, collaborating, negotiating, and engendering new thought, right? Um, collaborations are also really helpful and practical in that they are great storytelling devices. They not only tell the story of the collaborator you're working with to your community, they also shine a little bit of light on the nuances and the different facets of your own brand, right? So just a quick example, we've collaborated with Garfield a lot, the hundreds and Garfield in our time over the last couple decades. And the reason why we do that is that we love telling Garfield stories, the Jim Davis story to our audience, but also whenever we talk about Garfield, it shows a little bit more, it divulges a little bit more about my personality as the founder and where my art uh, was derived from, you know, the illustration that I admired and modeled my work after as a youth. And so now the Hundreds brand has a little bit more depth and a little bit more meaning because it's not just a monolithic clothing company anymore. It's actually, you know, rooted in some personality and some history with this beloved comic and cartoon. And so we do a lot of collaborations in the hundreds work because it tells uh, our audience and the world a lot more about us and how nuanced we are. And it just kind of completes the character, I guess, of the hundreds. Um, to me, the best brands are the closest to a best friend. And you don't want a monolithic, you know, you know one-sided best friend. You want one who is textured with personality and layered with all kinds of stories. And so in keeping that train of thought and keeping that idea going, we wanted to do something similar with Adam Bomb Squad and within the NFT space. You know, one thing that we felt was really missing over the last year was the collaboration. And so our first forays into that were a collaboration with Larva Labs and CryptoPunks, which started around this time last year, came out in April, I believe. And then our next big project was with Board Ape Yacht Club, which at the time was a relatively newer project, um, you know, reached out to the guys at Yuga and came up with this idea of making some hoodies and some t-shirts and based around this pink hat, which is now kind of mythical. And, um, you know, both of those projects are kind of legendary, legendary in the 2021 NFT library and universe. 
And as we looked into 2022, we wanted to continue doing these collaborations, but putting on for what we believe to be three examples of the next generation of what NFT artists and NFTs could be. You know, we've had the fortune and the opportunity of many NFT artists and brands reaching out to us, asking for collaborations. And I really hope that one day we can accommodate everyone. We'd love to help tell everyone's stories within the filter of the hundreds. Uh, but we chose these three projects because these people are, number one, they're really good friends of ours. They're dear friends. But also, we really believe in their vision as artists. And um, if you've been following my bomb talk since the beginning, you know how important it is, uh, how much we stress the art and the artist in telling the NFT narrative. I think it really needs to always be drawn back to the creators and the creations. I love like the frothy stories, the the big wins, the big sales, but you know, we really aren't anything without the artists involved. And so today we're talking to three great people, uh, founders of the projects, Smiles, Brain Vomit, and Deadfellas. Uh, we have Wahid, we have Steven and Betty here today. And we're gonna allocate about a half hour for each individual, just to give everyone ample time. And of course, everyone is also allowed to talk across stage to each other. Um, I'd like to begin with Steven from Brain Vomit, if you're in the room. Steven, are you there? Steven, how's it going? How's it going, Bobby? I'm good. How are you? What's going on? Oh, nothing. I'm just hanging out home. Uh, one of my homies is over. He's listening to the bomb talk on his phone right now. I'm hanging out with my dog, pacing around the studio. <laughs> Average day. Steven, we've had a, a chance to, to become friends over the last couple of months, and I feel like so much has happened in your life. But uh, for those who don't know the story, which is, it's a pretty remarkable story. In fact, it seems that most of these NFT stories are wild. Like everyone's journey could be adapted into a film, like yours included. So where do you begin that movie? Oh, oh, I don't even, I really wouldn't even know where to start. I guess if we were to have to just do the art journey, it'd probably be the last like five years. Like I was going to photography school dropped out and my parents like simultaneously were like selling my childhood home that I was still living in and they were moving up north and I was like I'm not fucking moving like I'm just not and uh dropped out my parents were really bummed and I quit my job that I was working at which was just like a little deli barbecue restaurant and then I took mushrooms and I skateboarded all day and then I got into art and just fucking it's been just a full, full grind ever since every day, all day making, whether it's filling up a sketchbook or finishing a canvas, like my, my goal is always to finish something every day. I was saying that Jim Davis was one of my idols and inspirations when I was growing up. What were some of the artists that you were looking up to uh, that inspired you to get into to drawing and painting? Um, my dad's best friend like when I was growing up my dad was a I mean he still builds a lot of hot rods like he's a car builder 
through and through. And uh, one of his buddies was very good with oil pastels. And he would just kind of come up with the paint idea, the way the car should, you know, stand, you know, the stance of the car, the wheels, everything. And he'd always mock it up and frame it and hand it to the all of his friends, you know, so they could hang it in their house and be like, this is the car that my friend designed for me that I built. Like, that's pretty much what it was. And my dad had a 62 Nova that was sketched out to be hot pink flames with with black, you know, black with hot pink flames. <laughs> and I was four years old and obsessed. And my dad's friend handed me a bunch of like how to draw muscle car books. And that kind of automatically off the rip just like made me obsessed. And I pretty much drew ever since then. Always said I wanted to be an artist. Just one of those feelings. Did your parents support that journey? I'm only asking because I have a pretty distinct, but also common uh, immigrant child story where my parents were freaked out that I wanted to be an artist. How did your parents feel about it? Um, well, I think once like I really got into skateboarding by middle school, it all kind of clicked for them. And they're really supportive of me wanting to like skateboard every day. Like they didn't care. They'd take me places. So they were never like trying to shun my creativity by any means or like make me try to conform. But once I graduated, that's where it was like, okay, playtime's over, Steven. Like time to fucking grow up and figure out what you're going to do with your life. You know, (laughs) that's where it really got me. Cause then it was like, you're an adult now. You can't just be skating all day and drawing and all this stuff like you got to figure something out so I shut them up by going to photography school (laughs) your photography so you went to photography school uh we know you now more today as a uh I guess more of a traditional artist with paints um let's talk about the photography real quick do you foresee yourself delving more into nft photography is that something that you see happening more for yourself in the future and for the space for the space absolutely i always have this feeling that i just want to mint some of my favorite photos that i've shot just to like keep on chain not try and sell it or anything but like for you know if if my hard drive you know gets destroyed it's still on chain (laughs) it's still there somewhere that's the way i'm looking at that for my photography um but I think there's a lot of room in the space for photographers, for sure. That music, I mean, content creators in general, I think there's a lot, there's a lot to, you know, there's a lot to touch upon still. I mean, we're, we're still so, we're so early. Like we know it for really are the profile pictures, like me creating like one-on-one artists are, you know, getting their shine, but it's, it's not of all mediums yet. 100%. But, yeah, my photography, it pretty much started because skateboarding, I was filming a lot and, you know, doing all that stuff. I had a VX1000, and then I was like, well, I want to go HD, so I got, like, a Canon T3i, and then I shattered my foot. So I just had my camera in my bed with me. Like, I was just learning all the, you know, settings and all that. And I went in deep dive into photography, and then my parents were like, 
what are you going to go to school for? I'm like, uh, go to school for photography. I know my stuff, you know? And I, I, you know, it was not bad. I got some decent gigs. I shot photos for Run the Jewels and Flatbush Zombies. Got my some images licensed from Visco. You know, minor things, but nothing crazy. And I knew, true at heart, I've always been you know, picking up colored pencils and crayons and paint. So I just felt like I wasn't being true to myself after I took the mushrooms. It was like, why have I been chasing this little weird thing? Because I feel like society will deem this like a easier way to like, you know, be like, find your way as an artist. I felt like photography would be a decent way to make a living in like the art form. So I was like, okay, I'll just do that, you know? And I was like, nope, that's, I'm not being true to myself. This isn't authentic. So then I just dropped everything I was doing and started drawing. <laughs> okay, so you're starting to draw, Stephen. And uh, for those who don't know necessarily how the art path can look like for a young artist, a starving artist, you know, for lack of a better term, uh, what does, what are your options, you know, in terms of getting your art scene recognized into building a career out of your art like what is it what outside of nfts and before any of this existed what was at your disposal uh, instagram instagram was at my disposal trying to run some ads with a website with my physical paintings that was kind of what i was doing i was making about like 2500 to three grand a month it wasn't terrible by any means like that was cool probably more than i've ever made in my life like already so I was like, this is fine. But then once I found NFTs, it was just like, okay, I'm already posting a digital, like posting a picture of my art, telling someone to buy it through this website. What's the difference if I just start minting my artwork and telling people to buy it through there? They'll just have to understand the cryptocurrency aspect, but yeah. Like I, I had no previous knowledge to anything, how to, transfer money or really any anything i i never invested in any of this stuff i never put my money anywhere i didn't have money to really afford to do that so i was like like thousand dollars in my bank account in about march trying to mint artwork i mean it was pricey back then but i was i was throwing hail marys hoping for the best <laughs> <laughs> it's um it's such an inspiring story i just you know, I came up in the generation bef before you and um, same, you know, like the idea of making a living off of my art was just kind of outlandish, if not like fantastical. Like there's no way that I was going to get my paintings hung in a gallery or, you know, perceived by any media or any gatekeepers. And so we went into clothing because I thought that was the fastest and most accessible way for my art to be seen. I could put it onto a t-shirt. And so there was an entire streetwear generation that came up under us, you know, seeing that, oh, this guy got his art scene and now it's traveling the world on people's backs as billboards. And there's a lot of other artists, young artists, uh, who felt the same way and then did the same thing, right? Just like I had admired the artists before me. But now we have this new technology and this new format and available to us, which is NFTs. And I feel like you're now leading that charge, right? Like bearing the flag for 
a whole new crop of young artists who are like, dude, I don't think I could get my work seen in galleries. Uh, the streetwear brand thing, you know, it might not be for me, but I can mint my work on the chain and uh, get it sold and visible and seen out there as NFTs. And so if they are now at that point in the game, Stephen, what next happened in your life to where you started to build traction with your art on the chain? Um, I would say the very the start of the traction, I would say, happened in August. I was a part of this project that had some hype behind it, and it was like a crazy cross-collaboration um, generative project called Night Kids. It had like Pop Wonder um the the artist behind cake dates cake nygard um colon colors eighth project kyo kill and we all created like a bunch of different layers for these house different house templates and the, the code messed up and there there's duplicates project eventually went to zero but there's a lot of hype initially behind it, and a lot of eyes got on my got on my work because of that. And I, my one on one started moving a little bit more, and that's where I was kind of like, I want to create a generative project so then I can really start token gating things and selling these physical paintings, and you know, just bringing all my ideas to life. So then I got to work on on the the garden, and that that was really the start of that, and. Once I really gained traction was when Gary V followed me and I DM'd him and he I just gave him the rundown of the last year of NFTs, you know, and and he asked for my number. We got on a FaceTime and by that time he had already bought a few of my one on ones from a few collections and he didn't even tell me. He was just like, you know, let me hear it. Like what you got? And we just started talking. It was like six in the morning. I had just woken up. <laughs> and he he was like, All right. I'll uh, give me give me a few days, but I'll be I'll be minting some flowers. And I was like, okay, leave on a Friday night to go to the Warriors game. And he's messaging me like right as I'm walking up to the arena. And I was like, oh shit, it's happening. And that's that's how I gained the traction. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love how you said that. You're like, oh shit, it's happening. Like, because like why why do you say it like that? Because I really, like, ideally would love to be behind my computer when something that massive is happening, <laughs> you know? I mean, if anything, yeah. if anything were to have gone wrong, I, I'm at the Warriors game, guys, you okay. know? Steven, before you go any further, th sometimes I hear these Gary Vee stories, right? Like, I was just talking to... Sarah, women and weapons. And there's a few. There's a. There's. A, there's actually a number of us out there where Gary is kind of like this Tinkerbell, this magical fairy that lands on our shoulder and then all of a sudden changes our life. How did he even discover your art to begin with? I think that's a a question that a lot of NFT creators are curious about. You're like, how do I even get the attention of Gary on my work? Um, I. Uh... This is a really funny story because it's get, probably going to be a massive flood of people doing it after me. I said, when Gary V follow <laughs> and someone said it, it doesn't work. And then Gary V appeared and followed me and responded to the person. 
Yeah, like <laughs> it's too really funny. Like a ma- it's like a magic genie. You just have to chant it. It's like uh, you know, chanting it into the mirror at midnight, and then all of a sudden Gary V appears. Yep, that essentially kind of how it went down. So now I want everyone to try it. If you're trying <laughs> to get Gary's attention, just make sure that you tag us in uh, while you're doing it, so he knows who to blame. Okay. Oh my god! Oh god! He's gonna text me and be like, "What just happened?" Be like, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. You're just returning the favor. Yeah, exactly. He brought a lot of energy to you, and now you're returning the energy and bringing it back to him. Exactly. Shout out, Gary. Shout out, Gary. Um, Gary, what a battery he is. He's just like a little parcel of energy that's bouncing around all the time. I don't know what exactly is going on in his chemistry, but whatever it is, I need it. Um, so you're sitting down at the game, right, Steven? And uh, you're checking your open sea, and then what's going on? Oh, I was like, I got a FaceTime from one of my friends who helped me with the project who lives in L.A. and was actually in San Francisco, like, at a party. And he was, like, refreshing his friend's uh iphone on my mint page and was just like it's happening right now and it sold out like right when i sat down to my seat and then at that point i was on the phone constantly people in front of me were like can you leave you're not watching the game and i was like it's loud anyway how do you know that i'm on the phone like i'm just yelling like i don't know so i had to leave and then i went and partied for a sec with my friend gotta give him a hug you know like he helped me with the project and uh and then I went straight home to see my girlfriend and my dog. And yeah, and then I just paid my developers and was in the Discord for. I'm still in the Discord. I'm in the Discord all day, every day, actually. Like, I'm still doing it. <laughs> he really is, because I walk in there and I, I see Stephen <laughs> hanging out with your community. And your community, okay, so just uh, if you're now joining, bomb talk uh this podcast or this show is today is going to be dedicated to three different projects run by artists and people that whom i just really admire and love um who've built these really impressive nft collections number one but also have cultivated very strong communities and um of the three projects i want to say Stephen, that your garden your brain vomit garden community the brain vomit world has been so fervent and like so far up my mentions <laughs> that that like I'm like dude you fully have you've fully grown a cult on your side like I don't even know if it's about NFTs anymore you know what I mean like and I don't even know if it's about you and your art I don't know what is going on but you've somehow attracted this <laughs> this fringe community like you guys are in a world of your own and it's just made me super duper curious and so if anyone wants to know what that's like like pick up a flower and just walk into the discord and just talk to the people you have a completely different thing going on over there do you agree or disagree i i'd like to agree um it's it's a trip like i have a someone in there that's a garden greeter and this man literally works like gets his hands dirty like 12 hours a day and still manages to like greet every newcomer that comes in to the discord like 
all day long. Like he is devoted. Like, where did like, this I'm... guy come from, Stephen? Like, how did Boston. where did he come from? He's from Boston. <laughs> <laughs> but like, how did he find you? And did you Jerry. radicalize him? No, oh gosh, I, you. It is something about your pro. I mean, look. I think that's a testament of all just branding, like really strong brands for whatever reason. It's like um, it's like how pets start looking like their owners and vice versa. <laughs> really strong brands and communities, the the founders and the creators and the community that that forms around, like they all kind of start becoming the same thing. It's it's beautiful to watch. It's fucking freaky also, <laughs> and I think you like the brain vomit garden is like maybe the best example of this in the entire nft space i mean i think creatures is a pretty good one shout out creatures that's true that too like they for sure they're amazing and like they really i feel like move as one that's what i want to do though i don't want people i don't know i just want to promote as much positivity as possible so it's like i don't want my community ragging on anyone or doing anything like that, or talking shit on any projects because of X, Y, and Z, like, who knows what. It's like, dude, just come on. Like, if you're repping the flower, like, you know, especially as your profile picture, calm down. It's okay. Like, there's no reason to be so angry about anything. (laughs) Calm down. (laughs) It's just JPEGs. Like, at the end of the day, it's like, if someone decides to buy something else like some crazy influencer and like it's like who cares like i don't yeah it's still gonna keep creating at the end of the day guys you know that's the best part yeah yeah that's again why i'm such a fan of artist driven projects is that your work uh does not end and begin just with this one like you are gonna keep creating for the rest of your life because you can't not. It's almost like you can't help yourself but to continue making art, you know? And so these projects are really living. They're living and growing constantly. Exactly. Like, when I'm not making digital art, I'm making physical art and vice versa and trying to also, like, mock up a bunch of stuff for merch that I have ideas for and work on the metaverse and like it's just it's it's never gonna end and i'm like fully motivated because now i have that foundation that an artist would always dream of you know like so it's like now i have the support where people do believe in me to do whatever i like really want to try let's let's do it (laughs) do you want to talk a little bit about what you contributed to uh our collaboration pieces with the hundreds uh which for everyone listening is dropping Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time through thehundreds.com. It is a general release, meaning everyone in the world will be able to access it. But there are specific colorways of the drop that are token-gated just for people who hold bombs and or flowers. So both communities are uh, going to be able to to walk through that token gate. But Stephen, what did you you bring us for the collab? So I brought a flower bomb, the one that I had posted way back after you had shown love for the community. I was like, got to work on a flower bomb instantly. Didn't think anything would necessarily happen so quickly um, or that anything would happen at all. But I was just like, respect. And so it's one of the flower bombs. And then I created another brain vomit bomb with some flowers poking out of the brains. 
and with the rainbow rainbow vomit. And uh, there's going to be a yellow or gold hoodie for flower for flower and ABS holders, black shirt for ABS holders and flower holders, and then a limited run of hats. It's going to be a hundred item total on that one. So it's going to be first come first serve. Um, that's going to go quick, but the rest of the drop is available for 72 hours. Love it. Thank you so much um, for breaking that down. And if you want, uh, I know it's hard to uh, visualize some of this stuff. We are going to be slowly hinting and rolling out lookbook and flats, lifestyle flats, what we call them over the next couple of days. And so just, Keep following us uh, at Adam Bomb Squad, the hundreds, and also Brain Vomit to get a glimpse of what that's going to look like. But if you look at the tweets above in the in the spaces, you'll get an idea of what's going on. Um, Steven, thanks. Stick around if you don't mind. If you have to run, I totally understand. But uh, I'm going to now move on to our next guest. If you're just tuning in, I'm Bobby Hundreds. I'm the host of Bomb Talk. This is a weekly show that I do uh, covering all things web three nfts metaverse uh whatever whatever's on my mind and every episode there's a subject or a topic that we like to revolve around whether it's nfts and music um nfts and um activism uh, for example nfts and collecting uh, today's episode is dedicated to the art of the collaboration it's something that i am really emphatic and uh really focus on in my own work, uh, the, the collaboration, because to me, again, it represents the true idea of where creativity spawns from. I believe in people coming together and humans communicating and building new ideas together. Um, it's a really romantic notion of what collaboration can be, but it's also very effective from a marketing and sales point of view because you're watching some of your favorite entities come together and create something out of nothing, right? And so collaborations are everything from, um, I would say, a romantic date, a business partnership, all the way to what a Marvel Avengers movie might look like, um, having all your superheroes come together. And we kind of have uh, an Avengers type of uh, NFT project going on this week with three different uh, NFT brands, projects, and artists collaborating with The Hundreds, our clothing brand. The next person I want to bring up on stage is my friend Wahid. He's with the Smiles Camp, All Smiles. Uh, Wahid, you out there? Wahid, are you out there? Hopefully, hopefully he's in the room. I see him right there. Okay, let's see. Invite to speak. He might be hanging out. Um, also, in the meantime, all right, we got you up on stage. Oh, real quickly, in the meantime, I'm going to actually ask Sandy, Sandy, if you're there too, to explain how the POAP works. I never know if I'm in, um, in the pronouncing that word correctly, but the POAP is a proof of attendance, uh, free NFT that says that you're here today. If you want to remember this event for the future or just hold it kind of in your shoebox of memories and Sandy will tell you how to claim it. Yeah, of course. So, hey, everyone. Hope you guys are having a great time today. 
Um, if you guys check out the pinned tweets on the Twitter spaces and go ahead and scroll to the very first tweet that is pinned, um, you'll see like a Wordle type of situation just because Wordle has taken over our office slowly but surely. I don't think we do any other work aside from doing Wordles, but we made one specifically for this. Um, so go ahead and hit on that tweet so you could fill out the form to receive your poll app. Like, like Bobby mentioned, it is um, almost like a ticket stub to prove that you are here. And there is a request code that's needed to proceed and to claim your poll app. So go ahead and fill in the form. The secret Wordle is hyena and you'll see why in a couple of days maybe you'll find out by the end of the talk but the secret word is hyena keep that in mind um and yeah enjoy the rest of the talk thanks big sand wahid do you play wordle i do not do you know what it is listen man I don't know a lot of stuff, okay? People ask me stuff that I'm supposed to know and then I say I don't know and people get me. How are you doing, Bobby? I'm chilling, man. I, I, I don't think I mentioned this at any point in the show today. And uh, perhaps it is worth mentioning in case anything seems a little off, but I am coming off of COVID-19, a positive diagnosis of COVID-19 in Bobby Hundreds at this time. Have you suffered from COVID-19 yourself, Wahid? I have the same day of Christmas, actually. I tested positive. And um, oh, it was, wow. yeah, it was, it was not a good look, man. It was a tough, did tough. You, did you have a tough time with it? Yeah, I mean, uh, my whole body just felt like I didn't have any energy and it was in pain and I had so many stuff that I wanted to plan for the end of the year and I was in bed with 100 fever and I'm telling my brother, I have to get to Minnesota to make something for Smilesverse. He's like, no, you need to rest. And so it was a it was a blessing in disguise. I got to really relax and not relax, but, you know, kick back and for the first time not make art for more than a week. And so it's a blessing in disguise, but it's good to be human. Hell yeah. It's good to have you here. Um Wahid, I want to talk about your project because I was super duper excited about it, uh, watching you build up to it, just because your art throughout 2021 was already making some noise. Um, So I kind of want to begin, let's say even this time last year, where was your life and career at? Where were you at? And what were you thinking? You know, were, were you even thinking about NFTs at that point? Or were you just focused on doing the art? uh nah last year around this time to be honest with you man like i had just came off finishing the pushaisty commission uh for his album cover and uh it was my birthday i was super excited i had no idea that things were gonna pick up the way they did um i didn't learn about nfts until it was march really so at this time i was doing commissions uh the pushaisty thing was my highest paid commission i was still in school uh was doing commissions for like $250 and I was like nah this is life bro like I'm waking up making art you know for a couple hours you know doing commission work going to school coming back but it's like there was something missing you know like I just didn't look at art as I didn't even look at myself as an artist uh, like forbid even looking at arts like a way of lifestyle so and when I tell you it took a 180 turn it's it's been the most life-changing year of my life like the hands down. I love that. Did you ever think that, um, well, at that point in time, were you even aware of NFTs and how they operated? 
No, so I had seen, you see, uh, like I had posted my work on uh, Instagram and all that stuff. That's where I was, you know, like posting most of my work. And I kept seeing some artists and stuff that I truly like enjoyed. You no know, Paradigm was one of them and some other artists that were like, uh, you know, Twitter posting is like, oh, sold artwork for this much ETH. I'm like, what is ETH? What is going on? Uh, and I didn't really dig into it until around March when one of my, uh, uh, he's a brother now to me. His name is Hamid. He had reached out to me and was talking about like, oh, you know, you should learn about NFTs and this and that. And that's where he onboarded me to get into a foundation and um, meant my wor first work and all that. But until then, it was just like, I was just seeing it on my timeline, but I didn't really know what it was. And at that point, when you started learning about the tech and, and the possibilities here, was your first idea to come out with a collection or were you more intent on let's just start with some one of ones uh no no the collection didn't come until i was like a good couple months in into nfts really um i first started i mean like doing my one-on-ones i didn't even call them one-on-ones for me it was just a matter of like oh this is just how i usually do work and i, I put it out and it was kind of like my story and then i think it was about two months in i realized like it was a blessing, you know, being able to have my work sell for what it was selling for. But uh, I understood that it was cutting down a lot of people. And um, and I saw one thing that I always like to talk about is like we all, it was collectibles tend to look at, well, at that time, it was looked at as like art is one thing, or like the one, one, one on one side of NFTs is one thing. And then the collectibles side is another and for me, I'm like, well, it could be this or that, but it doesn't need to be this or that, right? You could have like collectibles that are art that could also be tokenized to be used for whatever uh, case that could be. But it's like, I didn't just, I, I didn't like the narrative that like collectibles weren't looked at as art. And so I was like, I'm gonna just, you know, give it a shot. I was like, I don't have much beyond the art that I want to offer. I just want to create something that I truly love. So I sat down there, took my character that I was using for my one-on-ones and started like, um, just testing different poses and stuff and then eventually landed on the one where he has like always something that he's like moving with right like traveling because like I've always been moving around and so that's how the collectibles came but that wasn't until like two months in into NFTs or two and a half months in but before that uh, you know my one-on-ones were like the things that I always did and even to this day like you know my one-on-ones is my bread and butter like that's uh I actually dropped my first one-on-one the other day, and it was the first time I dropped a one-on-one since the project dropped. So it was cool to see, like, the side of community that didn't know I do one-on-ones kind of be like, oh, this is cool. Like, there's a whole scene and this and that. And it just it warms my heart to be able to see stuff like that. Yeah, that was super fire. It's been pretty cool to watch you navigate um, the, the, the process and, and your own journey because I feel like you're really doing it your own way. <laughs> it's like singularly you like Wahid, you know how how you're walking through the nfp it's like kind of not according to anyone else's path um and i guess again that just speaks to the art it, it's it's so unique and uh i need to ask just as an artist who grew up drawing cartoons right drawing characters illustrating characters the way that you do and i know a lot of my community and following um still also come from that from just drawing like sharpies and black books and graphite on paper uh, how do you even get to designing <laughs> the type of art that you do like is that something that you taught yourself did you go to school for did you learn from youtube videos and uh are there any tips on anyone who wants to start 
rendering art the way that you have? Uh, shout out Yusuf University. Uh, that's that's my bread and butter, man. Like I I didn't really make art. I didn't grow up making art. Uh, and like back to what I was just saying, like it took me a while to finally even like label myself as an artist. Um, but uh, to be honest, I first started, you know, like in high school. Once in a while, I would edit my pictures, uh, my friends' pictures and stuff on PixArt. Like you know, I had an iPhone. And I would take these stuff and then move it around and add these little coloration, change the hue and saturation, whatever, all that. And then um, I think it was around quarantine, when quarantine started, I remember I downloaded a 3D program a couple months beforehand, but I never touched it because it was just confusing, right? So I kept it, but I never really deleted it off my computer. And then quarantine hit. I'm like, I'm really, like, not doing so well mentally because I'm stuck in the house. I'm like, I got to do something, right? Video games weren't hitting the same. The music, I'm like, bro, nobody's releasing new music. So I was like, okay, let me try this new thing out. So started picking up 3D, watching a, uh, a lot of YouTube videos. I think for anybody that wants to get in, I use Blender, which is a free 3D program. Uh, there's a donut tutorial on YouTube that like is probably the best place to start. That's where I start, and it like helps teach you the whole program and all that. And I always recommend that for anybody that ever uh, wonders what I use. I use Blender. I mo 99% of my work is done on Blender. I take it to Photoshop afterwards. But um, the Blender tutorial about the donut is probably the best way to start. But uh, to be honest, I don't draw much, right? Like my like actually hand on paper drawing kind of thing is not not so good to be honest with you so for me it's a matter of just like uh just trial and error really like i tried different stuff like uh i had i think we came up with like 15 different poses me um my, my boy geo right now no geo no geo we were sitting trying to come up with different poses and i'm like oh, i like this traveling one but it's really like um it's 3d there's a whole thing with 3D is like at times it can feel soulless, right? Because it's just that digital thing. And for me, the biggest part was like, how do I bring soul into 3D and being able to tell emotions and all that? Um, because that was a narrative that I kept seeing. And I'm like, bro, like I put my heart and soul into this, right? I can't draw. So like I got to do what my I can do with my, uh, you know, tools to be able to do that. And I feel like uh, even choosing to use the character that represents me into the collection was a big part of uh, like subconsciously trying to do that, which is like bring soul into like a medium that sometimes gets labeled as one that don't have that. So, yeah, but it's just YouTube University, man. <laughs> I know that character is supposed to be you, Wahid, but the first time my son saw one of your characters at your booth at ComplexCon, he said, Daddy, that's you. So, um, I'm my, that's funny <laughs> in my mind and in my universe. Uh, I'm just every time I look at Smiles, I just see a bunch of me walking around with my sleepy eyes and really cool. Well, actually, those characters dress a lot better than I do, so I can't really claim that. Um, I, I, I wanted to say I loved your remark just about how 3D can feel cold, can feel cold, and you know, you're pouring your soul into it. You know, really brings it alive, and um, I just think that's all. That's something we can say for NFTs in general is that uh, crypto, I think, has always just felt very tech and finance and and flat. And uh, what NFTs have allowed is for artists to enter the room and, and own it and and really speak the language. And so now it feels very warm, and it feels imaginative, and it feels human. Uh, in a way that we weren't really privy to the last 10 years. And so I think that's really what's catalyzed everything is that we've had this kind of sterile technology that was relatively boring and unappealing for someone like me who's just like coming from art and fashion. 
and um, and then we saw an angle for for culture to enter and and to open it up and and you know it's a vernacular that we're all very familiar with. Um, a big part of your characters is the way that they dress, and so uh, I wanted to ask you just about your appreciation for street fashion, why that's so important. You know, I think that is pro beyond the art, the thing that really resonated with me with Smiles uh, compared to a lot of the other projects and PFP style projects that we'd seen last year was there was a real emphasis on the fashion and the accessories of the characters. And so is that just, um, is that the culture that you come from and that you were always attuned to? Uh, and why did that play such a role in your project? Uh, so it's, uh, it's, it was a culture clash, right? So I come from the, I come from Afghanistan to the States in 2015. Uh, and then it was around the time, you know, like all my friends were like rocking Supreme and wearing this and all these uh, clothes that I'm like, I really love, I just cannot afford. Right. And so like, uh, but that doesn't really discourage me from like appreciating clothes and like uh, I look at it as you know walking canvases, right? And so when this project came around, I was like, uh, even if you look through the whole collection, this isn't going for something grand, right? Like it's not futuristic. It's like you have like a chef's hat, but you also have like groceries and you have like all these stuff because it's a representation of stuff that inspires me and the regular everyday life that I kind of live. And so the clothing was a chance of me being able to like in a sense, have my digital character wear all the stuff that I kind of always wanted. And so that's how, like, all these inspirations uh, got pulled, you know, uh, from Rude to uh, Murder Bravado and obviously Virgil Ye and all these people, just a mashup of all of these inspirations that I had. And I was like, how do I add my own twist to it and do all that? And um, to see the people react to it the way they did, it's crazy because uh, – I didn't start this project with this intention of like, I am going to create this fashion brand NFT thing. No, it was a matter of like, these are my inspirations. I like making art. So let me just match these two and put it out there. Even when we put it out, we didn't have this elaborate roadmap. It was like, Hey man, this is the art. If y'all enjoy it, you know, uh, you know, you can pick one up and for it to cause the waves is done. It's, it's all due to the community. And, uh, you know, even me, when me, like, I remember at complex con, um, I didn't get to see you, but 2-7 I hit me up. He's like, bro, you do not believe Bobby Hunters just pulled up to the booth. I'm like, get the hell out of here, bro. What do you mean? I was I was still working on the reveal that day. And to see us, bro, like here and like collabing and uh, you know, doing that is is crazy. Like it's crazy. It's it's absolutely insane. It's like you literally like manif it's it's literally manifestation without even thinking about it. I'm like, no nah, way, like and then I remember, like, he put me on. He was teaching me about, like, you know, the hundreds and all that stuff. I'm like, this is really cool. And then now we're on stage with you, like, doing something. <laughs> like this. So it's, it's, it's just it takes time for me. Like, you know, I yeah. wish I could come up here and be like, yeah, you know, like, I'm just not nah, like, bro, like, you guys are, mm. like, heroes to me. And, like, seeing these stuff come into fruition, it's, it's beautiful to see. Oh, man, bro. Like, it's, I, it's really just – it's – we can chalk it up to the work, right? You know, some, I'm sure you are starting to get asked this if you haven't already, but people always ask me, you know, how do I get my work seen? And it's so cliche, but I'm like, you kind of have to make it impossible to ignore. And, um, you know, it's, there's like really no, but I, I get pitched so many different brands and, and now NFTs and there's so many collections and, and everyone 
everyone makes remarkable work. Like I really think that most art is, if it's really personal and visceral to you, it's amazing. Um, but there's something about really fantastic, excellent work, right? That is, uh, I can't unsee it, right? And that's how I felt the first time I saw Smaz and I still feel like that today. I just love, you know, every new piece of art that you throw up there. I just, I can stare and I, and I spend a lot of time just working with it and, and my eyes roaming around the piece. Um, and so, I don't know. I just, I, I wanted to say that it's, it's. Yeah, well, Bobby, it's, here, it's, let me, let me, let me pin something up real quick since you oh, said you. I got you. Yeah. I think you, you know, have a little, a little song oh, for the people. What do, we, what do we got up here? What do we got up here? Wahi? Hey, man, let, I, 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 I love doing this. So when you hit me up and we talked about it, I'm like, I got to do some, right? And there's more coming. So just just a little teaser. Okay, so what we're looking at right now, we asked um, all the different projects we're collaborating with. If you're just joining us, The Hundreds is collaborating with three of our favorite projects in the space right now. I hesitate to call them NFE projects. They're really just artist-driven projects. And uh, we asked every creator if, you know, they could assemble and put together a lookbook in time. And your idea for a lookbook was to, to, to make your characters actually wear the clothes. And this is the first example of it. That's what we're looking at right now. Yep. Yes, my bad. <laughs> there you go. Nope, there it is. It's right up there at the top. And I don't know how you work so fast, by the way, because I feel like you just started this no like, sleep. For, like 46 minutes ago. You're like, wait, I got something for you. I'm going to just do this right now. And then you just drop it in here. It's just wild. So sick. Uh, so that's um, if you want to know what the what the smiles, the hundreds product is going to look like. There's there's a pretty good idea of what it is right at the top there. Thanks, Wahi, for doing that. Of course, man. I have a lot of fun with these. You know, uh, for me, uh, I've mentioned it like collabs matter a lot when it comes from like real genuine artistic sides from both. You know, like when we could, we jumped and we talked, there was just a sense of like respect as artists and uh, allowing each other to have that creative freedom and like y'all asking us and, you know, we throwing ideas and all that stuff. It was beautiful. And so like this is just... I do this because I enjoy it so much because like I love what we're doing. So there's a lot more stuff coming, but you know, I have to do some real quick. I think that's evident. We can tell. Um, my last question for you, and maybe it's, uh, you know, it's, it's something that you, you've thought about, but how, what does the metaverse look like for you? Uh, do, is there a place for smiles and, and for your work to, to enter into that realm? And, and what does that even mean for yourself? Um, honestly, with that, the biggest thing we're trying to make sure we do right is the quality being able to be up to standard because um, I pride myself on the quality and the amount of work I put into it and making sure like it feels tangible, right? And I just feel like certain metaverse worlds do not offer that quality and I feel like I'll be doing my work and injustice on all the people that like are interested in being able to, in a sense, use that character uh, and adjusted by you know decreasing quality to the point where it's like uh, almost like fifty percent of this or even twenty percent of this. So we're trying. Uh, we are working on like a runway, uh, which is you know you can get a chance to dress up your character. That's early in the works, but um, 
you know, growing up on GTA and all the stuff where, you know, you get to customize your character and be like, oh, I want this shirt or this thing. But I always get frustrated because I was like, oh, you know, it would be really cool if this could go under this and you could tuck this in and all that. And I feel like I can do that now, you know, like with my own creations and allow people to have those choices too. So we're trying to, again, uh, stick to like our own way of doing things because, you know, it seems like the people think there's a blueprint but there isn't uh the longest project has not even been around for a year you know what i mean and so it's just a matter of like just staying true to your vision because x y and z might work for one and it might not work for another you know just let artists create i love it Wahid. stick around if you uh have time and steven you're still here thanks for sticking around as well uh, you're listening to Bomb Talk. I'm Bobby Hundreds. I'm your host. We're entering uh, the last chapter of today's show, which is dedicated to the art of the collaboration. And it stemmed from uh, three different conversations I was holding with three different amazing founders, Wahid, who you just heard from Small All Smiles and Stephen from The Brain Vomits. And, and, then, uh, and then there was Betty. Uh, Betty is... Um, one of the figures in the space that has really enlightened me on many levels, and I've had the opportunity to share many conversations with her over the past few months. I remember after our project dropped, uh, I don't even remember how I came in touch with her. You know, some someone connected us or was over Twitter, but uh, she was just really comforting and, and guiding in us because she had just dropped before and was giving us a little bit of insight of how it works. And for anyone who has created one of these projects or founded it, or if, you know, for those who are thinking of doing it, um, it's a wild ride, right? Like the project, the work doesn't really begin till after your project releases. And so I was just desperately searching for friends in the space. Uh, and uh, Betty was one of the first ones. And, be and before we get to Betty, um, I wanted to bring Sandy up one more time to talk about the POAP to prove to yourself and to your friends that you are here today to listen and participate in this space. Sandy, if you don't mind one more time, I know I'm asking you to repeat yourself, but how do we claim the free POAP? All good, all good. I'm sorry if it's a bit noisy on my end. I guess everyone's just excited for POAP. But if you do go ahead and look at our pinned tweet of our Twitter Spaces discussion, um, the very first pinned tweet is going to be something that looks like Wordle. For those of you who aren't familiar, it's the best game ever. You guys should try it. And I'm actually enjoying looking at our Discord and Twitter um, discussion of people figuring this out without me having to tell you. So <laughs> I think that's so fun. But if you do um, click on that pinned tweet, there is a form that's attached on there. Um, the form is basically granting you um, a whitelist spot or an early claim link for the POAP, which is essentially a free NFT. Um, and the word that you are looking for is hyena. And I guess you'll find out very shortly why it's called that, but the code is hyena, fill out the form, and maybe tomorrow check back into our Twitter and Discord so you can find out how to officially add it to your Pope app wallet. Thank you, Sandy. All right, everyone, you're listening to Bomb Talk. I've been doing this show every week for months. And uh, today's topic is the art of the collaboration. If you've missed any of the Bomb Talks, if you've missed any part of this one, or if you listen to it all and you just want to give it a full review again, uh, upload them all to wherever you listen to your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, wherever. Uh, we wrap it up for you and we post it so you can have them for eternity. Um, I'm wondering if there's ever been a podcast on chain or talk show on chain, but that should also exist. 
Betty, are you there? Hello. Yes, I'm here. How are you? I have a question. Yes. It's very important. Yeah. Do you play Wordle? <laughs> no. I keep seeing my Discord go on about it, but I'm scared of like entering into something that I'm going to get addicted to because I'm already fairly addicted to um, NFTs. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Um. There, like every few years, there are these things that pop up uh, that everyone just starts doing, right? Yes, like, like every... Candy Candy Crush was candy <laughs> a crush. big deal for me. Um, HQ Trivia was like another one like this, I feel. Um, what was the other word game that people used to play? Do you know what I'm talking words, about? Words with, was it Words with Friends? Words with Friends. Yeah. Words with Friends. Um, but now everyone's been playing this, this Wordle. I, I do it every morning. It's like, I, I wake up at 5am and I sit in bed and I, and I tell myself I can't get up until I finish it. And sometimes it takes me an hour. It's such a waste. Like I didn't get, I usually surf in the mornings and I, uh, and I didn't get to surf because I was Wordling because today's Wordle was the worst. It was the worst all of them all. Not the worst all. So it was the worst all. And then if, oh if Wordle is not enough for you, there is a game called Absurdle, which oh, no. the, the real Wordles, Wordle nerdles know about Absurdle. <laughs> Absurdle is really the worst. Okay, I'm going to move on. Betty, how are you? I feel doing? this is taking a turn. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's getting really dark. I'm about to get really a friend dirty. to check on you. <laughs> <laughs> I've had COVID for the last few days. I, like, I really didn't have any symptoms, which, you know, amazing. Thank God. Thanks for the vax. But uh, I just, I've been, you know, quarantining and I'm bored out of my mind. I'm like living in a okay. cave inside so my I house. I feel like I might so. also have COVID right now, um, which is an interesting turn for us at this moment in time. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Why some do you of my family, that? yeah, well, some of my family have tested positive and I just woke up like feeling truly horrific. So Oh, no. Okay. okay. I know. So I I mean, I'm all right now-ish. Like I had a coffee and some paracetamol and like some B vitamins, <laughs> zinc. So we'll see how we go. But yeah. Smarter than what I did, which was I just went to work and started eating a bunch of chocolate. And then there were these microdosing gummies on my desk. And I just started <laughs> taking those like they were Flintstones vitamins. And I was like, Beautiful. I don't feel COVID at all anymore because I don't feel anything at all. Um. <laughs> oh dear I mean maybe that's the way but um, maybe it is. you know we're working on dead friends so <laughs> probably not gonna there. do that <laughs> yeah don't do that Betty yeah. I'm gonna t start at the top with you uh, sure. first of all I love getting to know you you're one of my favorite people in the space for for a multitude of reasons people are gonna realize today um <laughs> We were more. We were so excited that you were even down to collaborate with us, just because your project is, in my opinion, one of, if not the healthiest. Well, Adam Bob Squad aside, uh, <laughs> healthiest projects in the space, and it's the one that, whenever I'm onboarding anyone, and if they have the means, I tell them to begin with uh, Dead Falls, and they they're never disappointed in that in that uh piece of advice as the months go on they just love the and it's not even about whatever the price or the floor it's just they just love the art number one and then they just see the consistency and the professionalism that you bring to the project with psych your husband and then how strong and um 
guess just robust the community is like your community like i've been saying with you know the, our last you know the other two guests up on stage that your community is also very distinct and it feels just really stable um i don't know how else to say it so if there's like any project that i see sticking around for 200 years besides the <laughs> adam bomb squad it's the dead fellas like do, do you see your project as being completely different from everyone else's in the space and why Yes, I do. And that's not to say that other projects are not um, equally as amazing in their own right. But I think that we have um, a truly unique vision for ourselves, and we've kind of cornered a niche that no one else has or no one else could um, just because of, you know, who we are as people and what we're bringing and the art and the community and um, and all of that. So, yeah, I, I would agree with you on everything that you said. I think that... Um, Deadfellas as a brand completely transcends an NFT collection. Um, I think it's going to be a pillar of pop culture moving forward. So, yeah, that's what we're focused on building. And um, I, I think it. we've got a really strong foundation to do that. I think you really do, too. I, I want to know um, the journey. Where does it begin, Betty, uh, with you and Psych? Uh, discovering NFTs, you know, Sykes Art obviously has been doing this for a very long time. Um, and then where did you see the inroads to develop your own collection? Yeah, totally. You can probably hear Syke clicking away. He's designing next to me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we started out in NFTs um, last January, I guess it was. Um, Sykes Art Collective that he's a part of, Depthcore. They've been creating art together for years and years and years, um, digital art. Um, and a lot of the artists in that collective uh, were exploring NFTs and, you know, explaining to him, like, you should you should try this out too. Um, and we were in a really tough spot at that time um, because of the pandemic and the effects of that on clients and jobs and, you know, lots of things that we were working on getting cancelled and, so it was a really difficult time um, and we immediately saw NFTs as like this amazing opportunity to to build and be part of something that was so much bigger than us. Um, so Psych was creating art basically right away, started making things and minting them. I remember when he first minted something and we were like watching it and I would check it like every five minutes, like has someone put a bit on it? It was so exciting. Um, of course, it doesn't work like that when you first start out in NFTs. But um, yeah, I mean, things moved really quickly after that. Um, he started getting a lot of opportunities. I was lurking fairly heavily because I thought that um, I was a bit intimidated by the, the demographic of the space and how I would be received and, and that sort of thing. So I was just like learning and watching and didn't even have a Twitter account, like was just, you know... <laughs> on Sykes looking at things and um yeah he started getting loads of really cool opportunities and I was like we do this together so let's just do this together make the most of both of our skills and talents and um and the rest is history the idea for Deadfellas came very quickly um we horror fans and we wanted to inject um diversity and inclusivity and um, you know, fashion, music, art, cartoons, games, all of that into something that people could really resonate with. And um, I think we've done that really well. I'd say you'd, you've done it the best. You said something a little earlier about 
how you be perceived in this space, uh, and, and especially in light of the demo. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit in a previous bomb talk. In fact, you're one. I think between you and Latasha, uh, you might be the only two guests that I've had. Uh, I've asked to to return. And I, and I think that's um, that's important to note because you both have probably some of the most substantive things to say. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I don't mean to, uh, to ask you to repeat yourself here, but uh, for those who didn't get to tune into that episode or may have forgotten, um, I, I'd love to talk about that a little bit, uh, just how you would be received. And, and it's something that even in the course of our conversations, I've been able to learn a little bit more on. Um, but, uh, tell me first why you were hesitant. Um, and then second, why it's important for you to stay anonymous at this point in time. Totally. Um, so I feel like me as a person, as an individual, what drives me is, um, to create change in the world, uh, through my work. And I want my legacy for my children, uh, to not just be like this brand. I want it to be like, you know, I had actual impact. We actually changed something and, and hopefully create something that's, that's better for other people that come after me. Um, I'm fairly unapologetic with that. And I think that the way that I go about things can make people a little bit uncomfortable because it's, you know, it forces reflection and that sort of thing. I don't um, obviously believe that I'm correct in everything that I'm saying or everything that I'm doing, but I'm just doing my best, you know, um, and I want a more equitable world. I want my children to to grow up and to not feel that intimidation that I felt like. Um, and this is me with quite a few layers of privilege, you know. I want to change all that. So that's what I'm doing through my work. It can be kind of um, confronting. Like I receive as much love as I receive, so much love, and it's so beautiful. I also receive the opposite end as well which can be um, a little bit daunting sometimes, but, you know, that's just the name of the game for me. It's something that I have taken on and and feel good about. So uh, that's fine. But just knowing that that's how I would be received, like I, I knew that that response would happen. And so it was a little bit intimidating. Like, do I really want to step into this arena? And um, at this point I kind of have just – accepted that I have to throw myself fully in. So that's what I'm doing right now. Um, in terms of staying anonymous, like there's a few reasons why I chose anonymity. Um, the first being, I guess, that safety. Like I, I, I wanted privacy and security for my kids. I wasn't sure, you know, I mean, I've encountered terrible things online before and I didn't really want... Um, you know, everyone to know who I am, what I'm doing, that sort of thing. So there's that level. Um, and then there's another level in that I wanted to be able to be a marker of my own identity. Like I wanted to create a digital identity around the collection that we've brought. So I wanted to be an example of that for people. Like you can do this um, and everyone else can. So I want to empower people to do that too. Um, and I think I've done that fairly well and it's it's been really fun. Um because I am myself, but just uh, a, a zombie, <laughs> which is, <laughs> is an interesting thing. 
you know, the first time I was on a panel, I was on a panel with, um, it was uh, Lisa from Boss Beauties uh, had me on a panel and, you know, the, the various of the speakers, the little headshots, there was like the lead designer for Vera Wang and all of these incredible people. And then, <laughs> and then me as a zombie and it just like, that was a big moment. I was like, wow, you know, this can really happen. Like there's a real shift in how people are perceived and how, how you can own your own identity and and that sort of thing so um yeah I mean we're rolling out tech that um I want to be something that people experience me on video for the first time using that um and then aside from that um you know there's the male gaze I didn't want my appearance to be something that had um impact on my work I wanted my work to be received for my work and then um what I look like and who I am to be secondary so yeah we'll be at in real life events this year and so it's not. I was going to say, are there? Uh, <laughs> you are going to be showing, maybe doxing yourself at some point this year, right? That sounds like it's yeah. going to happen. Yes, yeah. I would love to be at um, NFT NYC. We're going to try and make that happen. We're going to be in Europe in July, hopefully as well. So, yeah. I feel like it's going to be the end of Shrek. Remember when um, they turn into human form and you're kind of like, actually like just go back to the green monster form. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be like, I love oh, that that's... comparison. Thank you, Bobby. That's <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful be like, thing. Yeah. Can you uh, go back to being a zombie again, please? <laughs> I think it's um, honestly I think it's going to be fun like I look forward to getting to know people uh in the real world outside of what we're doing here um but the connections that you know both Psych and I have formed as zombies are so valuable and so real and I just love um the community aspect of what we're doing just so much it's just brought so much value to us personally as well aside from everything else like it's just a fun place to be you know one of the things that really inspired me about your story was when we first met, you were like, look, it's, it's just me and Psych. We're down here in Australia. You know, we have a couple kids. Like, we're just, we're just doing this thing. Um, you know, and I, I think sometimes people, you know, especially in 2022, people are, there's a lot of these projects that are coming out. They just have a lot of money behind them. There's like huge companies that are coming in, corporations, like just massive art uh detail like you can tell they're like heavily produced and super glossy and and i just loved a lot of the 2021 projects like ours that were just like we just found a spool of thread and a couple buttons and we just strung <laughs> this thing together you know we're like running around trying to take care of our families we have our day jobs um our friends think we're crazy because you know they don't understand what we're doing they're like and then we, you know, and then you do, so like, what was that like for you both? I mean, it just, I don't know how you, I just don't know how you did it all. Honestly, wild, just so wild. Like, I mean, we, we're used to um, dealing with many different things at the same time because of being, you know, self-employed and running an agency and, um, you know, community organization and, and also the three children and all of these things anyway. So we were already in that space, but um, in terms of launching a project and, yeah, navigating all that, it was just crazy. We had no money at all. We borrowed $500 from my best friend um, to get the domain. And, like, it's it was – it really is a case of, like, we had nothing and then now we 
are in this spot where we're able to just like follow our dreams. It's so cliche. I understand, (laughs) but it's true and it happened. And I just want to, you know, take that opportunity to run with it and see how far we can go and what impact we can have and help other people get there too. And yeah, it's been wild. Yeah. If anyone even doubts that, well, I mean, again, we can hear psych in the background, literally (laughs) working. Seriously. Yeah. (laughs) Don't judge me, Bobby. (laughs) My, 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 my wife, um, and and my partner Ben and and my staff they make fun of me because I'm a very angry typer and clicker as well. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's not it's 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 just born out of passion. I really care about the art and the and the words that I'm writing. So it's like I feel you, man. So I like I right I always see you know like those um, montages of someone like furiously painting like throwing paint around that's like what psych does but with like a mouse and a keyboard <laughs> he's like the jackson pollock of, uh, yeah. of the digital world yeah action, yeah action and he's usually typing. got music pumping we i there's no music on right now because yeah. we're on this call but he's the guy that like paints him he like dips himself in paint and then punches canvases <laughs> yeah <laughs> Psych with please, vectors and an iMac. <laughs> please don't do that to your monitor. <laughs> what 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 music would you be listening to right now if we weren't on this call? What were you listening to? We have listening to nineties chill. Yeah, we nineties. <laughs> I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, we go we go through a whole lot of different um different music and a lot of different stuff. Yeah, people would be very confused. Do you yeah. both work side by side uh, in your, is, is that like a home office or are you working at a studio? Mm, yeah, we work side by side at yeah, home. I've just got like a little home studio set up. That's amazing. Yeah. And what do your friends think? Like yesterday we were talking, Betty, and you were like, actually have like real friends coming up. Like what do your friends think about what your lives have turned into over the last year? I mean, it's crazy because it's like just a small handful of people that kind of get it and, um, you know, want to be involved and it's kind of a yeah it's mostly artists we're friends with a lot of artists and a lot of creative people and a lot of entrepreneurial people just through you know I guess the law of attraction and who you hang out with and so there were a lot of people that I could be like this is what's happening you should do this too and um a lot of those people have have joined into the space like um Amy Woodward who is a an incredible photographer um she's a friend of mine she lives around the corner from me she's like you know I remember when all of this had happened and we'd sold out and things I think we were like only a couple of weeks in uh I went to the playground with her and our kids and I was like so here's the thing like I'm gonna sound insane but please just listen to me and told her everything that had happened and she was immediately the same as me that when I learned about it she was like wow how do I do that too and she's doing it she's just so successful in her own right now um loads of people on our team like are people that we know in real life as well that are just incredible at what they do but didn't really know the space so we're kind of taking those opportunities to onboard people uh that we know will run with it too so that's cool that's been fun that's such an important piece of all of this is, um, you know, the role that the educators like yourself play and the, the people mm. who are willing to share and, and do the work. Right? Yeah, I that's mean, it. We, like we would not have any of this if it weren't for people like I was I had a, a meeting with Lisa from 
from Boss Beauties this morning, and, and her husband's telling me, he's just like, dude, I'm a fan of Sykes, and, you know, I reached out to him, and he helped us out, and, you know, that's how we know the dead fellas, and I was like, this isn't, you know, you guys have, are really such a strong part of the community, and maybe that's a testament to why your community is thriving also in the dead fellas. Yeah, that's it. I mean, um, sorry, it's going to get a bit echoey as I walk through here. Yeah, I mean, collaboration is like a, a huge part of what we do, and I think that, um, I believe that when someone's winning in the space, like there's room for more people to win. And so just spreading that as much as we can. And the stuff that's happened since we launched for other people is awesome. Just, I just, I'm so inspired every day by the growth. Yeah. I am too. Do you want to talk really briefly before we finish um, about our project together? Yes. Uh, real, real quickly, just to brief everyone, if anyone is just joining, we are releasing three different collaborations. Um, we call we put them all under the umbrella of one. We just called the project one collab, but it was kind of hard for me to do that because every one of these people that these artists that we're working with and all these different brands and projects, they're so independent and they're so uh, distinctly unique from each other that I felt uncomfortable kind of lumping them all together because they're totally different. Um, and so today we wanted to bring them all up here on stage and interview them and tell their stories, you know, what briefly we could speak to them in this 30 minutes, uh, chunks at a time, and just to gather some of their stories. And so that everyone can see for themselves that they are um, completely individual and, they're in, and, and, and they each have their own journeys. And um, the three projects are All Smiles. Uh, we spoke with Wahid, he's still up here. Uh, Steven with Brain Vomit um, and, and Dead Fellows, who it's Betty and Sykes project. These three collaborations are releasing Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, we're based here in L.A., so the entire world revolves around us, and they're going to have to deal with our the shittiest time zone in the entire planet Earth is the West Coast time, and so we're going to make everyone deal with it. So 9 p.m. Wednesday night, thehundreds.com, which is our website, uh, the product is available for everyone to buy, but there are going to be specific colorways uh, within collections on pieces that are gate token gated for Adam Bomb Squad holders. That's our NFT community. And whoever that collaborative partner is on that specific project, their community is token gated as well. You don't need to own both. It would be really nice if everyone picked up a bomb, a flower, a smile, and a dead fella after this uh, talk <laughs> is finished today, but you just need one or the other um, and the other being the project we're working with. I'm talking right now with Betty from the dead fellas and she's just about to explain before I rudely interrupted her what she worked uh, with us on. You know, um, I, I don't know if anyone has seen, we, we teased one shirt the other day on Twitter which I think is still floating at the top of the chat. Um, but what else do we have? Uh, yeah, we have a lot of exciting things. So the hoodies and the shirts, um, the thing that I'm excited about is the Dead Friends um, shirt. I think that that is super exciting because it coincides with um, this push into Dead Friends that we've got going on right now. We've got the lab access passes, um, the mint coming up and, uh, yeah, just giving people an opportunity to rock their dead friends. You know, maybe you'll get a hyena 
Um, and it is a hyena that's on the shirt, which is one of my favorite designs so far that we've done. Um, and really cool because it, it is a beautiful crossover with the hundreds because a hyena is relevant to you, isn't it, Bobby? Yeah, it's one of our go-to animals. There's a few animals kind of in our stable um, that we use as mascots. Uh, the hundreds community knows that we have been using the hyena for many years. They're bone crushing animals that will smile to your face. And I just, I love, I've always loved the dichotomy of the hyena. I and love it too. Look, yeah. It's like, you know, I feel like that's you. You're like the sweetest, <laughs> nicest person, but I probably wouldn't <laughs> oh want to get on your bad side. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I don't think I'm capable of crushing bones as much as a hyena, but I do feel like they're very edgy and cool and um, yeah. very much representative of dead fellas. Um, so yeah, it's it's just really, really exciting. Um, I am and stoked people... about yeah, the merch. No, I'm just saying yeah. I'm stoked about the merch. The way it looks is like, I can't wait to wear it. <laughs> yeah. I am getting hit up so much because I think um, between the three projects that are releasing Wednesday, yours is the one that we actually kind of showed like the physical teaser of um, that circulated the most you know I think like Stephen had mentioned it and 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 smiles like we had kind of done a little teaser but people saw yours and everyone is just everyone that don't own dead fellas or atom bomb squad uh, people who aren't even into nfts are like that one I need you know, like Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park texted me last night. He's just like, I really need that one. And he's, and, and I'm yeah. like, he's a huge, huge Dead Fellas fan. Like, yeah, like, which is absolutely bonkers because I am <laughs> fucking obsessed with Lincoln Park. Like, Lincoln Park was huge for me growing up. Like, I had a blast them in my bedroom and. Now, like, you know, he owns Dead Fellas. It's insane to me, all of these things that come around, like, all of it. That is a part of this industry as well that I'm, it's, my mind is blown. You know, I get to, like, work with people that I have admired for years and years and years and years. Um, it's crazy. It's so crazy. And, you know, like, now he will wear a T-shirt with our work on it and, like, <laughs> we listen to what he creates it's like wow that's wild to me it makes it seem it makes it feel like anything is truly possible like you can honestly just achieve it's super cliche and corny but just the idea of achieving your dreams you know so, you can do what you can do whatever it's you so want corny. it's so corny it really is like wow you know <laughs> I feel like we need like the SpongeBob GIF of him like making a rainbow while we say that. But like, <laughs> you can achieve your dreams, guys. <laughs> it's it's corny when it's like one person saying it or it's happened to a few people. But I hear this story multiple times a day. Like speak, you know, speaking to Lisa from Boss Beauties this morning, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, you know, I'm I'm working with Reese on all this stuff and." You know, Ava Longora, and um, she's just like, I, you know, I'm having meetings with organizations and groups that people that I chased my entire career that are just coming and banging on my door. And Betty, I know you know exactly what that feels like, right? And I'm like, this isn't unique. This is happening to many people 
that I talk to every day. And it's not just people who own projects or founders. They're just NFT artists, people who just seem to know a lot about NFTs are getting hit up left and right going, hey, I have a bunch of opportunities right now. Um, in, in, in they're exploring new work options because of it. Like their lives are changing for the better and in really dramatic, almost volatile movements because everything's moving so fast. Um, Absolutely. You know, it's the, I mean, to be so adaptive, to have to work at such speed is quite intimidating sometimes. But yeah, like it's truly possible. There is space here for everyone. But I want to be also mindful that like, you know, as, as hard as I've worked, like I do feel like I've had to work harder than if a man were in my position. So, and I continue to, you know, there's like walls there for me that might not be there for other people. And just being mindful that that is in place for, for people that have other identities that might um, create barriers for them too. So my whole thing is like working to provide opportunities for, for people and, you know, evening out that demographic in the space. So, but yeah, the, I mean, the opportunities are there just being in web three things just happen. It's, it's wild. Um, I have to go cause I have another, yes. <laughs> another meeting, but yes. um, it's been so great to talk and I'm so excited about this merch and we've been waiting to do merch cause we didn't really want to throw ourselves into anything that was too, um, you know, rushed. So this is a dream for us a dream collab it's great so thank, thank you. you so much betty um we really appreciate having you here and uh if if Wahid, if Wahid and steven if you're if you're still here i'd love to to have you uh hop back on really quickly as we close out the episode tonight i'm here what's up yeah guys um i don't no agenda really no set questions uh, at this part of the conversation but i just I didn't know if you had any more thoughts or things that you had thought of in the course of listening to everyone else, um, you know, even Betty or, you know, Wahid, Stephen, if you'd heard something that you wanted to touch on. And I just wanted to, to wrap it up with some final thoughts there. No, honestly, I'm just so blessed to be a part of this space because I hold both a dead fellas and a smiles. And my dev actually gifted me a dead fellas for Christmas when it was like 0.8. And yeah, so lit, I just, I can't believe I'm up here with everyone. You guys are all legends. We're all, I'm, this is crazy. I love you guys. Appreciate you, man. Uh, for me, honestly, just seeing the, the range of different walks of life and how we approach our projects has been super cool to hear. You know, um, like even if we're trying to aim at, you know, building a community, how we approach it and the different methods from, you know, the art to, uh, the community building, all that is actually just being different is actually inspiring to hear and uh, it makes me you know think about how I can improve minds and all that. So it's just cool to be here with everybody. Appreciate you, Bobby, and Brave Ram and everybody else up here. Thank you, man. I really appreciate you both and I appreciate Betty being here and I appreciate everyone who stuck around because I looked around the room and a lot of these people just stayed. It was a 90-minute episode, which is the longest episode we've ever done. I just wanted to give everyone the space that they deserve. You know, each one deserved their own show. And uh, I tried to just squeeze it in for efficiency's sake into one. And so I'm, I'm really grateful for all the guests tonight. Um, look, we have these three collaborations. Uh, they each deserve their own week, their own uh, Bomb Talk podcast. 
their own time. And so please consider them each individually and also consider what's happening, I guess, just in this space at large. Um, I would love to see more collaborations, not just with the hundreds and NFT pro and other NFT projects. I would love to see them working amongst themselves and amongst each other. Um, I have a really defined point of view that in the nascent stages of most cultures and subcultures, uh, most of them start by being very tribal. And, and, the, and tribalism actually is bred from fear, right? And so, like, we've seen this play out in the sociopolitical landscape over the last five to ten years. We've seen it play out uh, just across the Internet. A lot of tribes form because the world out there is getting a little bit scarier, a little bit darker. And so people are really holding on to their social tribes and being fearful, if not just unfriendly towards others. And in order for this culture, and I'm not saying like this marketplace or this industry, but in order for this culture to really thrive and to, to sustain and to succeed, you know, for a very long time, uh, I'm just trying to apply what I've learned from streetwear over the last 20 years, because streetwear also came from a similar place where brands were kind of off on their islands and forming tribes and kind of working against each other. And we had a generation of that. And it was really cool to see, like formatively, you know, it was interesting to watch tribes form and everyone was just really competitive and hostile and very dog eat dog. Like if you remember, or if you've ever heard of the early Supreme stories and, you know, what it was like to walk into an early A-Life store on Orchard or on Rivington, um, the attitude was a little bit different. Our generation of streetwear came in, which was, let's say, the second or the third wave, <clears throat> and we sought each other out. We'd blindly email each other. Uh, this was before social media. Uh, we'd approach each other at trade shows and say, hey, you're doing sim something similar to what I'm doing, but you're doing it in New York or you're doing it in Tokyo or Paris. We should kind of stay in touch and see if we can work with each other. I think about two to three days a week, I blindly reach out to another project. Uh, last week it was, you know, Sarah with Women of Weapons. Today it was Lisa with Boss Beauties. And I just, with no other agenda outside of, I just sit there and I chat with them for like 30 minutes on a Zoom just to start building the bridges because the tribalism part is really raw and it's super cool for the culture. But in order, again, for it to sustain in the long run, we need to start collaborating. And it's not just like, literal collaborations in terms of what the hundreds is doing on Wednesday night. It's collaborating in terms of throwing events together, sharing ideas and alpha, providing assistance. If someone needs a dev, you throw the dev over you. Hey, I need an engineer. I'm looking out for you. Hey, this happened on OpenSea last night. There was a discord hack or whatever it is. Like tell your community as quickly as possible. That type of collaboration turns tribes into communities. And that's really my overarching goal and vision. What I would love to see happen in this space is to see uh, NFTs and Web3 do what streetwear eventually learned over time. And the reason why streetwear is still relevant, it doesn't make any sense that a fashion trend 20 years later is stronger and bigger than ever and still is the mainstream fashion aesthetic of streetwear. It has lesser to do with the design art. It has all to do with the community working together and constantly supporting and building amongst themselves collaborations and collaborations and collaborations so that's the art of the collaboration 
you know, these three projects, we love them. We also wanted to use them as illustrations of how we can all work together to create something beautiful that also makes the community feel tighter and, and, and more personable. Um, and the very last thing I wanted to say is I think today's episode exemplified what I've always wanted to do with Bomb Talk, which is provide the face and the humanness behind some of these NFT projects. You look at all these PFPs and these collections filtering in and out of your timeline on your Twitter, you know, dropping in and out of Discord, floating up on OpenSea or Rarity Tools. And uh, it's really hard to decipher what is what because they are just kind of placeholders or billboards. Meanwhile, there are founders and humans and really great prolific stories beyond them. And so we spent 30 minutes on each project today showing you that to a layman, they might say, hey, that just all kind of looks like the same thing. NFTs are just a monolith. It's all the same thing over and over again. But three completely different stories, three different lives who've been changed and are and have entered this new phase of career um, because of NFTs. And, and we showed you that just in the course of an hour and a half. And so if there are NFT projects that appeal to you, dig into the background, try to learn about the personalities and the human stories behind them, because you will have such a deeper appreciation for the projects, but also for the overall space when you know that they're tethered to these real human stories, right? So that's, uh, I, I just wanted to prove that point. I, I hope it was made today. And thank you so much for listening to Bomb Talk. If you, listen, if you miss any of this, it'll be up wherever you listen to your podcast sometime in the next week, if not by this time next week. And I'll see you next Monday. I'm Bobby Hundreds. You listen to Bomb Talk. Check out Adam Bomb Squad. That's my ad plug. There you go. Love you all. Later, Bobby. Good. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much, Steven. <laughs> Thanks, Wahid. And thanks, Betty, again. Goodbye.